The Spanish Announce Table. SmackDown Live held its first ever town hall this week. And I like this segment. Um, I don't know that I would want to see it a lot, maybe, but I, they allowed a lot of people to get in good jabs at each other, in with Shane. Uh, Roman came across looking cool for once. Uh, you know, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought it was a good way to start off the show. It was something captivating. I think anytime when the whole roster's out in front of the crowd, there's something to that element of what could happen next. And like you said, Liv Morgan was talking to Charlotte. Uh, Buddy Murphy was still establishing himself as a heel, even though now we'll just say a babyface said his name as like a compliment. Uh, so he still kept his whatever he's doing kind of thing. I thought it was good. I thought... Uh, the New Day uh, acknowledging that Kevin Owens still had wronged them and they haven't forgotten, but he is making a good point. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought the whole segment uh, was really done well, except for at the very end, Cesaro just walks out and Shane's like, you're not on the roster. And he's like, I'm a wild card. Like, can we just get rid of the wild card, especially that quick after a town hall? Well, so, I mean, that's where at least it fit to me, right? At least he comes out and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? We had a SmackDown Live Town Hall. That's that's why you weren't out here. Or he could he should have just been standing there. And then when he's like, "Hey, Cesaro, what are you doing here?" Right. Like, I know we have a wild card, and I know you're here for the wild card. But this is a SmackDown Town Hall. You're a raw guy, and he could have been like, "I understand that. Forgive me." But I wanted to come to you personally while I knew you would be listening to people and tell you that I want another. Right? You could have done the same thing and had it made a mm-hmm. little more sense. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not a fan of the wild card thing. I think I thought this was a perfect opportunity for them to stop it. Right with the hmm. town hall, Shane could have put his foot down. He's like, you know what? I'm tired of if you guys are being so insubordinate. You're not going over to Raw. You're going to learn your lesson. You're going to get over while you're on SmackDown. Not get over, but you know, say something. You're, you're going to achieve your goals. Only here on SmackDown. That's what I would have done because I'm just exhausted of that. But uh, it was a good way to start the show. Kevin Owens, even before that, getting kicked out of the arena. And then the segment ending with uh, the hand of fist or shield of fist, whatever you're saying. And then taking that shitty stunner. Yeah, except how do you fuck up the stunner like that, Shane? Come on. Well, you get, you know, it, it's that it's the it's the American football rule where you uh Ran before he caught it. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. went to the next step before he took the first step. So that's what happens. Yeah, you're pulling the curtain back there a little bit, old Shane-o. The Spanish announce table. Hey, Tom. Uh, I guess we're going to have a raw reunion. This can't be anything. I mean, some things will be really cool, right? But it's going to be overdone. Apparently, they're talking about upwards of 40 people. Yeah, because when you want to get over your top talent, you bring back the King Lawler. Like, what are we doing? It doesn't make any sense. This, if all of these uh, guys and girls are available, right? And they're going to come in one time, you know, that means that you could get them for other times. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just saying, here's 40 guys and backstage, you're going to see Jonathan Coachman and Brother Love and Eric Bischoff and Booker T and the Dudleys. Mm -hmm. You could just use two of those guys over the course of, you know, each week, two different guys. And yeah. And then then it's who's tuning in. Right. And, but instead of this wild card rule where after a town hall, a raw wrestler in Cesaro just walks out afterwards and is like, I'm here. Like you can have a legend in that spot, not necessarily wrestling, but on your television. And then I'm going like, Hey man, last week stone cold was on. I don't know who's going to be on this week. And it could be plenty of legends. It could be the NWO giving tips to the street profits backstage. I've got a great idea. 
you have a you've got somebody tried to do this was it tna that did this you have two or three legends each week be uh the board right and if somebody's got grievances they go to the board and then they've got to be like i need a match with the miss tonight because his hair's stupid and he sucks, right? And I hate that he has a hot wife. I really like. I need a match with the miss. And Hogan's going, you know what, brother? I agree with that. He shouldn't have a hot wife. You get the match. Yeah. So something. And then it could be anybody. Then you're tuning in, like, who the hell's zany? Like, who who are they gonna have to beg? Right? They got to beg Eugene all of a sudden. How does that work? Right? Like, right. Could be fun. Yeah. There. Yeah. It definitely could be fun. And there's just other ways that you can have. Again, a traveling circus goes from town to town. The old retired clowns still live in those towns. You could have them show up backstage and just bumping into people, right? right? You could have Lita bump into Naomi, and then Naomi's like, hey, I'm kind of down and out. I don't understand why I keep losing these matches. And Lita could be like, I know what you're missing. It's a split-legged moonsaulter, whatever it is. And then Naomi goes out and wins and is like, that's awesome. I'm so thankful that I ran into yep. Lita. You know, just things like that. Put them all through commentary class and have a guest legend commentator instead of Renee Young each week. Like, you know what I mean? Or Corey Graves, <laughs> or right? Because Corey, Corey right. Graves doesn't need to do both shows. Right. We can take him off of one of these shows well, instead of doing five he hours. does because nobody else is good in his spot. But that's what I'm saying. Then right. that's when you can bring in... The, the, Iron the Jerry the Lawler this one time. No, not Iron Sheet. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you can bring in Jerry Lawler. Then you could do Booker T. Then you can have Lita. Then you can do Beth Phoenix. Like uh-huh. that can be a rotating spot because again, why do we need three commentators? Another idea, and I'm just spitballing here, and I've told this one on the show before, but I'll say it again, is you, you know, gangs and, and factions have life to them they have it just doesn't end when the guys are done like there's other people that they've influenced so you can have this nwo you know you can't do that one because it wouldn't make any sense just out of the blue but you could have a faction that continues to go have still had it yeah you could have still had it where yeah they're the nwo and you know they lost three matches so uh, they're going to get reprimanded by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash next week. Mm-hmm. Tune in to see what punishment the new NWO gets, or not—you know, not new NWO, but the NWO gets the, from the senior leadership. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you could do that with these legends instead of saying sixty of them in four minutes. Go. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom. Uh, the fallen have been foughten for. AEW emanated their latest event. Front emanated their latest. Is that the right way to say that? They put on a wrestling show. Tom, let's dumb it down a little bit. They put on a wrestling show in Jacksonville, Florida. What were your thoughts? I liked the event enough. What did you think? I thought it was okay. It didn't feel like the uh, double or nothing. It didn't have that feel. Uh, obviously, some talent wasn't uh, there. You didn't have your John Moxley, uh, for example. So it was an okay show. I wasn't overly impressed by any one thing. Uh, if I were to say there was a standout for me, uh, Sean Spears, I thought, did really well. After making that big splash with hitting Cody in the head with the chair, this time around, he still played to what he did there and built upon it, right? So now he has a shirt that says the chairman. He's calling himself the chairman. Him and MJF consistently had back and forth. I'm a little confused on why they were teaming together. Again, I don't understand the booking, right? Because there's no authority figure, but then 
who's saying that MJF and Sean Spears, who obviously have a current beef with each other, would team together? That didn't make any sense to me. I think they're doing no authority figure on screen as a character. You know what I mean? So I think there's, it's known there's authority figures somewhere booking matches. We just don't, we're not interacting with them. Does that make sense? Right. But yeah. So again, though, why is MJF yeah. and still, Sean Spears still tagging you together? Right. Yeah. yeah still so, and that's, you know, splitting hairs. Uh, overall, hmm. I thought it was good. Uh, that Alex Marvez was back and he is just God awful. He was not entertaining in the slightest. He was actually so bad. It was distracting yep. and I wasn't trying to be a hater. I was literally saying, okay, you know what? We're just going to disregard that and keep listening or, you know, keep listening and watching. And it was just so bad. There was a lot of time that Jr. was just confused. I get it right. Three shows. You don't get everything down in three shows, but for the experience that he has, and I would assume the senior leadership he would have backstage, he would have a little bit more control over this segment, this segment, highlight package ring, you know, like not to say he, he would be a director or producer, but it would seem like he would be dialed in on the flow of the show. And there was multiple times where he would just outright say, where are we right now? What are we doing next? And it, it just seems like, you know, J- the JR of the Attitude Era, the JR of WCW is amazing and it's gr- he's spectacular. But it, and again, I don't want to be like, hoo, hoo, to tell anyone when to stop, but it seems like uh, in 2019 going into 2020, uh, the game's a little bit too fast for him. Well, and here's the thing that bothers me, right? Is he spends a lot of time, a lot of time talking about. Uh, oh, you ain't got rules. Sure. You don't, you ain't got time limits. Like that don't make no sense. Right. Uh, like it's gotta be believable. It's gotta seem real. And then he says comments like talking about the young bucks when he's like, they're not made up wrestling brothers. They're real brothers. What are you saying here, man? Like you in one sentence were like, Hey, it's all fake, but these guys are real. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, and again, I I don't think that was a comment that was thought out. I don't right. think he was going to go into the event saying, you know what I'm going to say? This. Right. But because he was, it seemed to me, flustered and not 100% understanding uh, point A to point B to point C, you say some stupid stuff. There's been plenty of times you can go back on all the recordings of these episodes where I have been confused <laughs> on what to say next, and I say something completely stupid. I'm Fart not noises. saying that... Right, exactly. I am not saying that Jr. should have it all together. I'm just saying that at this level, for that position, and as important as it is going into a new TV deal, one of the things that you should definitely have all your ducks in order is your commentary team, and it does not seem that way at all. It does feel like a Bush League commentary team, which bothers me a lot, because I'm like, of the things you could... I get that some of these wrestlers are haven't been able to be big time, right? And that's part of mm-hmm. the draw of it. But not with the commentators, man. And there's plenty yeah. of very well experienced, good. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been as bothered. You could have rolled JBL out there and it would have been better than this. It's not a guy we would have maybe wanted to see, but at least he would have been coherent and competent in the role. There's all kinds of guys out there that have done Taz. You know what I mean? I know Taz mm-hmm. is busy. I know he's real busy, but like there's guys, man. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though. Excalibur, the third man in that booth, I thought he did exceptional. Another thing that made me 
kind of scratch my head though is when all of a sudden did we just decide that every wrestling promotion needed three commentators yeah. right when was that accepted yeah. going forward yeah uh, i don't for know example, what the role evolved, is supposed to be of the third guy even like what's that i don't even know what the role of the third guy is supposed to be because the second guy is the one who gives all the anecdotes and the also thans i think in the perfect world like the thought process behind it. And this is me just spitballing here, but I think it's supposed to be the, the lead, uh, analyst or the, excuse me, the lead content. He's supposed to, yeah, he's supposed to give you what match is coming up. Here's don't forget to watch this. We're here in this city. Da, 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 da. Then you're supposed to have the two guys and it's baby face and heel, right? Hey, that guy did an amazing move. Well, he cheated to do it. Well, and they're supposed to be your, you know, but here's why it always works with the straight guy just being the face. Anyway, it's because you're, the face is supposed to be the common sense, easy yeah. stuff to not. Right. You know what I mean? Like nobody hates that, right? Nobody hates the guy who's not cheating to win. One thing though that I was impressed with, uh, in terms of wrestling this weekend though, was Evolve and their commentator. I believe it was just one guy, or maybe it was two, and I got their voices confused because it sounded like one person. But he was almost unassuming. And that's what I want my commentator either give me the, you know, Oh, stone cold's back and he's walking and he's talking or just be Tom Phillips and not make me know that you're even there. That's okay. Alex Marvez sounds like leave it to beavers, even quirkier straight. He sounds like somebody's brother-in-law got the job because they got pressured to give it to him. Yeah, it's it was bad. But let's get outside of the commentary because yeah. we're going a little bit too much in that. Um, with the matches, I, I thought everything was good. I thought, again, Dustin Rhodes at 50 years old looked really good. Cody, I'm 100% bought in on Cody yeah. Rhodes. I, he has charisma. He has confidence. He has an it factor that makes me interested in every match so far he's been a part of. Uh, the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks. The Lucha Bros I thought was good. I will say this, though. We've done three shows. We're going to come up on four shows, right, with All Elite Wrestling. And now, because it seems like it's booked as a ladder match, uh, Lucha Bros uh, versus Young Bucks. So three of the four shows is going to have some version of Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks. We complain about this in WWE all the time. Oh, my God. How many times do I see... Sheamus versus Kofi Kingston, right? A million times. And now we've we've done four shows and three of them will have the same two teams wrestling each other again for no stakes. What another thing that stuck out to me also is that we had Brandy Rhodes and an alley in a match where Brandy Rhodes is the heel. Hard stop heel. But 10 seconds before that we just finished a video package designed to get brandy Rhodes sympathy yeah i think that was supposed to be a swerve right i think that was by design i think again i'm i'm guessing here but i think they wanted you to say oh wow this girl has something oh what the hell i thought i was she was supposed to be a good person she just gave it like i think that was supposed to be part of the heel turn right of you love me no you shouldn't right uh, but eh, I thought the match was fine. I thought, uh, the awesome Kong and, uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah. I forget her name now. Yeah. The, it's awesome Kong and, and, and what is it? Uh, awesome. I forget what it is now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The she, other girl, 
they had a cool stare down, right? And it was cool to back down Awesome Kong, who typically doesn't get back down. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty neat. I like that spot. Um, Kip Sabin. That was another mm-hmm. thing with a rude fan who I think, uh, full disclosure, here's my bet. I think that was a plan. I don't yeah, think that was a real fan. Yeah. yeah. They let that guy get way fan. up in his face. Way. Too, you know what I mean? Nobody tried to stop that guy. There was no security over there going, And he hey, didn't hey. get kicked out. Right. Nothing he didn't, happened he didn't to him. He didn't freak out. He didn't. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that was a plant. Yeah, yeah, I do too. But great. I mean, awesome, right? I mean, that gets all kinds of likes on social media. Right, and, and it's pro and wrestling. Right. Yeah, have all the fake fans in there. Guess what? Hire a fucking studio audience of just marks or, you know, of just yeah. paid actors to cheer. I'm okay with that. I don't care. It's the fucking, it's entertainment. That's true. Me. I'm surprised WWE hasn't gone that route at this point. That's yeah. a lot of people in, in, the, in, the, in the venues they play. They can't necessarily. I don't do know. It. NXT, maybe that's why NXT is so well, big, is because it's actually well, just uh, NXT wrestlers. You can do that in a local environment. It would be hard to do that each week in and out in two cities each week and train them to do what they need done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Without, yeah, I don't know. What stuck out to me, uh, though, is Luchasaurus is good. Man, when him and Jungle Boy, a boy and his dinosaur, first of all, that is a very fun gimmick for those mm-hmm. two to be going on. Mm-hmm. When they took on the Dark Order and the New Age London and Kendrick, that shit was <laughs> fucking awesome, right? That match was great. I loved all of that. And all my takeaway was like, God damn, Luchasaurus has a future if he stays healthy. That dude has got some moves. He's got a charisma even behind a mask. I'm like, this guy's could yeah. be something. Yeah. Well, he's a fucking dinosaur. And that's what <laughs> right. we need more of, especially in all elite wrestling who keeps on trying to tell us that this is wins and losses matter. And this is about the in-ring product. Get the fuck out of here. You have a goddamn dinosaur fucking (laughs) wrestling. Like, fuck you with that to a certain degree, right? Like wins and losses should matter, but I don't want, you know, we read that press release when they talked about all elite wrestling and how they would say they're going to have stats of, you know, this wrestler has submitted the other wrestler this percent of time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't fucking, well, and I don't want that. I want fucking undertaker. I want Kane. I want, a fucking dinosaur, like not a hundred percent because I'm not into fantasy that much, but I want those sprinkles of just fucking weirdo. There are two times WWE was, was over the top with major mainstream exposure. And one time they were a fucking cartoon come to life. And the next Mm -hmm. time they were a soap opera comic book come to life. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's all it is, right? Like that's what you've got to do. They have to be outlandish. They have to be over the top. You remember that term? You've got to be, yeah. you've got to turn it up to 11. We've got, it's got to be bizarre and, and just weird. That's the point of it. Yeah. And Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, I do all love how it seems to me. Maybe there was one time I missed, but every time they come out, Jungle Boy is on Luchasaurus's shoulders walking out. Like, right. I just love how just silly that is. It's just, it works for me. I'm, I'm buying into it. I really like it. Uh, going forward, the you know all out in Chicago in a couple weeks. I'm buying into that as well. Hangman Page and Jericho. Jericho looking like, you know, the drunk dad at a softball game who just got kicked out in the third inning. Uh, but he's doing great work. That promo was really done well. Hangman Page, I I would hope will be the first champion. Most likely, it'll probably be Jericho if I'm betting on it. But Hangman Page, I'm buying into. I like yep. him. Yeah, he's and, got some charisma too. Uh, yeah, there's a lot good there. There's just some glaring weaknesses, like we mentioned in the commentary booth, and a little bit of continuity issues where 
you know, you're telling me this, but then you just said that they're real brothers, not wrestling brothers. So like, what the fuck? Are we? Like, you can't be switching back and forth. So uh, overall, I like the show. It didn't feel like a huge event. It felt like a charity event, like a, a fight for the troops or, or uh, you know, the WWE's um, salute the troops show right, or whatever that's right. called. Mm-hmm. It felt like that. And that's fine. That's good. I think my final takeaway, too, is that I, I really liked I liked to an extent Cody's like final speech. Uh, the whole thing about like you can counter all the programming you want, you can counter me, you can counter him, but you can't counter the movement and the feeling here, which is very true. I just worry about will that feeling go away if you don't shore some of this stuff up, right? Like, right, that's like, the ah. part where, yeah, you gotta if you're believing in all of the the bullshit you're throwing out there, then you need to start fixing some stuff when you get the feedback that some of it's not great. The Spanish announce table. Okay, Tom, we're getting it. Stone Cold Kevin Owens. What is happening here, Tom? Yeah, the one thing that's a tad annoying is just how seamless Shane McMahon's just going from Miz to Roman to Kevin Owens and just that, 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 and here's the next one, right? Like it kind of just feels hollow. Uh, but. Kevin Owens, if you're going to do anti-establishment with anyone but Becky Lynch, because I thought Becky Lynch did it probably better than anyone else could on the roster, but if you're not going to go 100% anti-establishment with Becky Lynch, I think the second best pick is Kevin Owens. I think his intensity when he cuts those shoot promos is believable while staying in character and on message. You know, he doesn't cuss or anything like that. Um, I... I was having a tr- I was having trouble realizing though before he started doing the stunner mm-hmm. what was his finisher in WWE yeah, cuz I no. honestly don't remember I forget and I remember them talking about this on a on a podcast one of the it was like a the busted open radio show so I remember them talking about it and yeah I mean he had it and it was fine and I don't know why they went with this stunner thing I don't I don't know it it really I don't know if they're banking on the fact that like it's a different generation now maybe and it won't you know I mean they don't have the instant memory of of it being slightly better. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, so I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, it just feels weird. Like I like the move, right? Obviously it's a good move to hit it out at nowhere and yada, yada, yada. And it's a good move for him too. Cause you know, he's a fat little roly poly guy. So it's a good move for him to do to everyone. He can't really push people over his head and things like that. I assume. Oh, it was the uh, pop up so, power bomb was his move. That's so man, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he can do that to everyone like a biggie as you know, seeing yeah. Shane do a stunner. If Shane can't, um, if Shane will yeah. fuck up a stunner, he's gonna fuck up a pop up power bomb. And Definitely, yeah, hundred percent agree. But on that. what else could so, you? Uh, I mean, like because Randy Orton's still using the 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 RKO, the RKO. you know? Yeah, you can't do a super kick because everyone does that. You can't do a spear because everyone does that. So yeah. I like it, right? And it's good because we know it's effective. Watch Stone Cold matches. Well, so it's also believable yeah, like that, that, like, if you did that to me in real life, I might it, it'll knock me the fuck out, right? If you right. pulled my head down and dropped all the way down with all your force and rammed your face into my shoulder, it might knock me the fuck mm-hmm. out. So, yeah. I, okay. Definitely. Yeah, I like it. it. It was just weird that, yeah, on top of that move being his finisher, then he's also doing the Stone Cold line or the Stone Cold storyline with a McMahon. Um, but... As I mentioned, if it's not Becky Lynch doing the anti-establishment, Kevin Owens is the second best pick, I think. Uh, and everything's believable. Like, not necessarily believable, but it's all entertaining. It's nothing cringeworthy. It's nothing, ah, oh, man, that really sucked. Even when he got kicked out of uh, the arena, Kevin Owens, that is, 
uh, his facial expressions going from uh, pissed off, you know, laughing to angry to realizing he can't win this situation was very, very good. So, yeah, I like Kevin Owens in this spot for right now. The Spanish announce table. WWE Extreme Rules was this. And we don't have to get too much into it. You know, it was this weekend. We, we don't have to get too much into it because the majority of our show covers WWE because that's the majority of the wrestling programming that's out and available easily for us to consume this day and age. But um, what should, let's do an overall thing on Extreme Rules without digging into the fallout of it. What'd you think? I thought it was very mundane, very paint-by-the-numbers, uh, nothing spectacular. The Brock Lesnar event at the end was, you know, somewhat of a surprise. I, I honestly didn't think he would come out at an Extreme Rules pay-per-view, but yeah. he did. Uh, Baron Corbin, I thought, was actually the star of the night. His His just work as a heel that everyone hates, like, I like that I hate him, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, I don't think he's cool like when Kevin Owens was cool. I think right. he, he's just a fucking jerk that I really don't like. And when he gave end of days to Becky Lynch and then didn't back down to Seth Rollins, that was my favorite part is because I don't know if he was supposed to do that. But, you know, typically when the bad guy does something and gets caught by the baby face, the bad guy or heel, whatever you want to call him, you know, identifies that the good guy's really pissed off and then starts to cower away. The first thing Baron Corbin does after he hits the end of days, looks at Seth Rollins and goes, what are you going to do about it? You piece of shit. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. Right. Now he got his ass kicked as he should. Right. But that's what I like about this heel. It's not a 1980s powder out when someone gets upset with you. It was a, I'm King shit. And I kind of like that. I hate that about him. Well, that's it. Like, I don't hate the guy who does something bad and then cowers and runs away when a real, you know, badass comes. I just am annoyed by that motherfucker and wish he wouldn't be around. But I Mm -hmm. hate the guy who I'm like, God damn it, I can't fucking make him shut up because he's right. He's fucking good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate him. I hate his fucking face. I want to punch him, but he'll probably kick my ass and I can't. That makes me hate him even more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just, yeah, that's the guy I hate. And then the other takeaway I had as we kind of dig deeper into uh, the card, if you want to, uh, Braun Strowman, it finally figured, it seemed like for at least one week, they finally figured out what makes Braun Strowman so fucking cool. And it's the out of this world, superhuman spots, right? right? The slam through the whatever that was, and then breaking down a fucking wall and just screaming and shit. Like, when we all scream with Braun Strowman, it's because we want to be that Braun jacked Strowman. up fucking yeah. monster. Yeah, right. it's cool. Rrr, that's a cool feeling to have. And so I hope to God if they ever push him again, they don't do the whole uh, it's me against the world because that's so tired and played out. But what makes Braun Strowman so fucking cool is when he runs through someone or he runs you know, does a spear uh, through the fucking set or he does a big slam through some shit or he tips over a, an ambulance. Yeah. Like That's the cool shit. This is where you have to be creative with your booking and put him, I don't want to say like in a 24-7-esque kind of deal where it could be featured and could be very prominent on the show, but it shouldn't matter in any kind of like title chase or actual thing going on, mm-hmm. right? And you book it where he's almost got 
the shortest temper in the world, right? And people are doing things to piss him off because it's fun to watch him bust through a wall or get mad. Like, what can you make Braun do? And then Braun gets mad and turns around and beats the shit out of that person, right? So people are like, you know what I mean? Like, screwing with him or things happen to him, right? And we just get him angry all the time, right? Because that's what we want. That's what I want. Right. I want him. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I want him to be the lovable, angry asshole, right? Where everyone, as far as the fans go, like, that's our guy. But he almost that, that Taz-esque feel where Taz was a miserable son of a bitch who fucking hated just waking up. He was just mad when he woke up. And that's what I want Braun Strowman to be. Just this, like, if you cheer for me. I don't care. You boo me. I'm going to jump out there in the crowd and punch you in the face. But I'm here. I don't like people like just a curmudgeon, just not an old man curmudgeon where they just complain, but just a mean curmudgeon who just wants destruction because fucking people are the worst, aren't they? They And that would be cool if you added one caveat where he's a cat guy or like he enjoys koala bears or, you know, something endearing where. He does find a release, but it's not wrestling related. Maybe he's a gardener like Thanos, right? Something to that effect would be a cool detail. But for the 99% uh, time that we see him on screen, he's just destructive and like that should be that's well and then when you do decide like okay now it's time let's put Ron in a more serious thing where he's going to chase a title or something then it becomes that whole you know, somebody's out to stop him, the champ or the whatever, right? And then we'll yeah. have the sympathy and we'll get behind him. It's that easy. So, so But we don't need sympathy ahead. for the top guy. That's the thing. You can right. you can just build a fucking badass and be like, that's a badass. Right. I don't There's need him too. to have a you know, a one on six match. He's just a fucking badass, He's you know? Badass. Uh you had mentioned about the twenty four seven title though. Mm-hmm. How fun would that be if he was a twenty four seven champ and he sought out his victims? So he yeah. was running with a ref and the title, and people are running from him as he's trying to Someone beat them up. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that just would be the, fun. Or just the fun nature of like a bunch. Now all the people that have been chasing the 24-7 title could now be trying to plot and scheme how the hell we're going to get this off Braun Strowman, right? So but it's in the 20, meantime, right. yeah, but in the meantime, as they're plotting in the locker room, you could have Braun Strowman on a fucking wall and they all scurry and scurry run away. Out. That yeah. would be fun. But yeah. then the crazy stuff that they could try to do, right? They bury him under a pile of crap and then it's, then he just busts through it and they're like, oh yeah. no, what do we have yeah. to do? Right. They yeah. all run into a party bus to get away from him and he flips over the party bus. <laughs> right. They, you know, do just stupid stuff and he throws a car door at him as they run off. Like, that's the fun stuff that we can do. And then you can transition out of that by having, you know, a legit heel, not a legit heel, but a top tier heel screw him over and he loses the title. Now he has a feud with someone who screwed him over, right? Like that's an easy way to get him out of the fun stuff, but let's just do fun stuff with Braun. That's the best thing about Braun fun stuff. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit on extreme rules though, are are you surprised Nikki cross and Alexa didn't win the title? And look, I I don't know. You know, that seemed weird to me. It but seems saying, weird how uh, easy it was that Bailey beat them. Although That's they're the saying, easy well, thing. here's the deal. I guess they're saying Alexa Bliss is like really sick, and she's saying mm. that she's like sicker than she's ever been. So maybe they just had to call an audible and pause it. Maybe. Here's the thing, and I'm not trying to be rude, but if we're peeking behind the curtain, 
And if you saw the WWE 24 or 365 thing or whatever of, of Alexa Bliss, yeah, it seems like we can't count on her can't in her the spot healthy. that she's in, mm-hmm. right? She can't stay healthy. So let's pump the brakes and take her off TV and put in Naomi in that spot or put in um, Carmella or, you know, anyone or use else. her the way you were. She could be an on-screen somehow, right? She can be a manager. She can be a... Right, Paige is managing a tag team that has makes no fucking sense. So why can't she? You're right. Yeah, it just and I love Alexa Bliss. I like the coffee yes. angle. I like the moment of Bliss. Uh, she's a good wrestler. All but of that if every yeah, it. if every other month we have some type of health concern, like legit, you know, shoot health concern, then let's you know, it it almost seems like in pro sports. When you talk about an athlete that like the greatest that never was, it's starting to feel that way with Alexa Bliss, right? Where it was, oh, but if she was healthy the entire time, she would have had storylines and matches that you wouldn't believe, but because of X, Y, and Z, she couldn't do it. That's what it's starting to feel like with Alexa. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, what else from Extreme Rules before we move on? I didn't, yeah, what anything else? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there wasn't too much. The the Undertaker, Roman Reigns, Shane, Drew McIntyre match. It was the best that Undertaker's looked in a while. I know that they're gonna go back to the well because he looked good, but please just let that be the lasting image of him, please. Like, just end on a high note. That's all you have to do. Just end on a high note. But nope, we're gonna go to that well again and probably have. Drew versus Undertaker at SummerSlam. And we will. That's exactly it's coming. It's just silly. That is exactly you, coming. Yeah, but you, you had a great match out of Undertaker. He looked the part. He hung in there with contemporaries, at least in Shane. Uh, and he did well. I wish, again, that was it, but it won't be. Um, other than that, yeah, like I said to start off with, it was kind of a paint-by-numbers easy let's get in get out and see a kind of pay-per-view the spanish announce table okay man uh we are business as usual when we're gonna have our SummerSlam main event be brock lesnar versus seth rollins and i just don't even know i just wish wwe at this point would just say it and because this is how i'm going to treat it now I wish they would say it's about October now. Like we're going to start doing things to start marketing and planning before that. It's going to take a couple months. You're going to have to deal. You know what I mean? Like that's just all it is now, I think. Yeah, I'm not I'm not uh too upset with Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar in this regard. You can tell a story, right? They don't. Brock Lesnar has a win. Well, yeah, you can cuz <laughs> Brock Lesnar has a win over Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has a win over Brock Lesnar. Sure. We're tied at 1-1. We have to have a tiebreaker here. It's for the greatest, you know, championship in the company. Let's settle it at, you know, the biggest event of the summer. That's good. And I even liked how they did the Battle Royal where it was 10 legit competitors, yeah. right? Now Rey Mysterio kind of didn't make sense cuz he got murdered by Bobby Lashley and then, hey, I'm in this all right, of a sudden. Yeah. That didn't make a ton of sense, but Roman Reigns was in there. Braun Strowman was in there. Cesaro was in there, right? Where I would have told this story a little bit better, and again, I can do it better than you. Leave the table, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, But have Brock Lesnar, who is the heel in this story, not want Seth Rollins to win this battle royal because he doesn't necessarily want to have 
to put his title on the line at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins. So in this battle royal, he could have grabbed Seth Rollins' feet as he was about to body slam Roman Reigns. And then Seth Rollins looks over, Baron Corbin tries to throw him over. And, you know, we love to do this, this tired against all odds things, which is meh. But if we're going to do this tired against all odds thing, make some things against all odds where Give me Seth the Rollins odds. is going against nine people. Yeah, going up against nine people and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar on the outside. Instead of Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman just sitting up top and Paul Heyman like hunching over Brock Lesnar for some fucking weird reason. Like, I just, that's man. the part where the story's not told well. Well, it's not going to be told well, man. We are going to hear, like we've said numerous times, Paul Heyman's going to come out and say the same thing in an entirely different way for the next, what is it? Four weeks. Like it's, yeah. It, and as if the crowd hadn't by extreme measures told them, stop giving us this not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. Yeah. It's just really weird right. that that, and they took, I said this on my raw review uh, on Spanish table.net. They took 12 minutes to open the show with this 12 mm-hmm. minutes. If you take out commercials and, and all that stuff, you, they have about 120 minutes of runtime. That's a 10th of the show to have them stand there and recap and review. Yep. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But again, the, to me, the matchup isn't bad. On paper, it's the, the it's the execution of why because Brock Lesnar didn't seem upset when Seth Rollins uh, won. Which okay, right? He's a beast. He shouldn't have to be intimidated by 190 pound Seth Rollins. But Paul Heyman then wasn't even like holding his face or putting his hands to his head. Buried. It was just like all right, and that's where these stories where if you're gonna do rematches and stuff like that. That's where the story needs to be told, not just, hey, guys, I know you guys want to see this. Okay, maybe, but you got to tell me why I want to see this. Well, and the whole thing when the McMahons came out, we're like, all right, we got it. We hear you. One of the things they said was. Yeah, we got to forget about that. Well, but here, one of the things they said was no more rematch clauses, right? And and mm-hmm. they've and they've and they've they've not done automatic rematches in the storylines, but they have by de facto done things like this. But you knew what's pissing me off about that is that you knew the reason people were saying this sucks is because we wanted you to move on, move on. And now you're just like, okay, no more rematch clauses, but you're by de facto doing this. Like you know now. Like now it's pissing me off because it 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 is for I didn't believe that you didn't know then, and I thought you were just saying like, oh, okay. But now we now we understand and we and we're gonna do right. But no, now you're just like, yeah, we get it. We're gonna keep lying to you. Like it's just yeah. weird. That is, yeah, and that's that's the kick in the gut that sucks as a adult <laughs> pro wrestling fan is because you understand what you're seeing. Uh, and again, if if you want the matchups, right? If you want Seth and Brock on the poster, and then you want to put Seth on Good Morning America to talk about SummerSlam, I'm fine with all of it. It's just you and whoever you is. If that's Vince, if it's the writers, if it's the talent, you have to convince me of this third matchup, right? I've seen. Let's just take a real sport here, for example. I've seen in fighting BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar fight three times, right? Three times. You're like, Jesus Christ, really? And guess what? Frankie Edgar won all three of those fights, but 
the promos leading into each fight had me going, oh, shit, maybe BJ can win this. Oh, I don't know, maybe. And that's all it is, right? Like, you can give me the same thing, but tell it in a different way. Well, and there's that. And, and even at that, like, the story you came up with, the best thing that you can come to mind to build this, you could have done without a title. They could have just been like, hey, I beat you, you beat me. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to settle mm-hmm. this. It doesn't have to be about title. It's that I'm better than you, damn it. Right? Yeah. Like, just be well, that, that would have been awesome. Yeah, that could have been. I don't know how we would have got there without the title. But yeah, that would have even been good. It's just this, guys, you got the matchup, right? You know, on YouTube, they do these like dream matchups where it's like Kurt Angle versus Bret Hart. And everyone's like, that's a dream matchup. And so I feel that WWE is just w- looking at their roster and saying like, wouldn't Ali versus Nakamura be an awesome matchup? And everyone in the room goes, yeah. So, all right, how do we do it? Well, hey, have them look at each other backstage. <laughs> and you're like, that's not a fucking story. That's not a fucking story, guys. Yeah, I think WWE has started to feed into what, here's the thing. Uh, McMahon is probably hates millennials, right? And he's like, God damn, yeah. millennials don't watch. And they just you watch YouTube and they go in 10 second clips here. There's what you're getting then, right? And then, mm-hmm. then that's what they're doing. They're just, they're just, it's all it has to be is five Content. minutes here, two minutes here, five minutes here, two minutes here, because that's where the majority of it's coming from, I guess. I, yeah. I don't it's, know. It's frustrating. It's, it's a little bit sad, but you know, anyway, we're addicts. We're going to keep watching. The Spanish announce table. All right, so the club versus Ricochet is still going on, which, of course, I mean, why not? Ricochet would be mad, so and I guess I'm fine with it to some extent. I just, I, you know, with everything these days in WWE, which sucks to say because I don't want to be that negative guy, but I'm just worried that this is going to have much meat to it. Is it just going to be beat up Ricochet instead of beat up John Cena? Yeah, but hey, John Cena was fun, so if we beat up Ricochet, let's do it too. Uh, establish ricochet as something because uh, one thing that i think was getting lost uh with him before this uh club angle was he was just flippy guy he was just you know 1997 ray mysterio where he just went out and did flips and so now he actually has a character we actually see him talking we actually uh see that he gets angry and jumps the club when the club has their own match and I like that. That's the part where I think this uh, feud's important is getting a little bit more character development out of Ricochet. Not necessarily that the club looks to be the you know biggest faction in WWE history. It's more so. Hey, Ricochet can get angry. Hey, Ricochet can overcome the odds. Hey, Ricochet can do more than just his six ninety or whatever that fucking flip is. He can do some other things, and that's where I think this feud's important for him. Uh, and so. Right now, it's good. I like AJ Styles right now as a heel. He was kind of just out there in no man's land saying, like, I'm the best and okay. And and I like him as a heel on Raw. He can do more segments with the club uh, and fill the time there. So it's better than, you know, Titus O'Neil on, on TV. I guess I just don't know the angle here is because, like you're saying, I mean, we've got to establish Ricochet as something to give him a purpose here. Well, then he's got to win. But then didn't we just start the club? Are they going to lose their first, like, big feud coming out the gate as a bad guy unit again? Like, that feels weird. Yeah. I mean, but maybe we don't, right? Maybe the club does prevail. And then Ricochet has to find buddy friend. And then 
They prevailed past the club with Buddy Friend, and then Buddy Friend also turns on Ricochet, and then Ricochet becomes almost like the uh, there's a wrestler, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, Sting! Yeah, it's the it's the Sting factor where Sting would always team up with people, and then eventually that person would turn on him. Right, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, uh, come to mind. He's the only pure um, heart left, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But like every time Sting would get a uh, a partner to help with the dastardly yep. Vader, or, you know, whoever that was, then that partner would turn on him. So mm-hmm. maybe we do that with Ricochet and still have the club look good. But yeah, I, I like it for what it's doing and the spot it's in too, right? It's not the main event storyline. It's not closing the show. So for where it is, I think it's it's serving all people uh, with their purpose. The Spanish announce table. So Tim, also on Monday, we finally saw at least an in-ring move done by this new incarnation of Bray Wyatt as he attacked. Finn Balor after Finn Balor uh, had his match with Samoa Joe. So it happened. The lights went out. The lights came on. There were some strobe lights. There was a fun mask. All the craziness. What did you think of Bray Wyatt at least making his presence known in this WWE universe? I mean, I still have a lot of questions, which can, should in theoretic, or theory be a good thing. But they're questions like, is he going to wrestle in the mask? Um, is it the same mask that he wears on TV? Cause it looks kind of different. So that makes me extra think, is he going to wrestle in the mask? Um, was this it? Like there's no fun house segment where he gets somebody. What does the fun house have to do with this? Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's just not enough connecting of the dots yet, but not in a way of that. They're, they don't want me to connect them yet. If you know what I mean? Like I just, feel- yeah. And I like that. That is good, right? Like your your question of the funhouse. Do we get another funhouse segment? Like next week, does Bray Wyatt and the funhouse come back and he just totally ignores the Finn Balor attack, right? Like what happened there? Those are good questions to have. So what makes me mad about this is that, you know, Finn Balor to me is the ultimate boss for Bray Wyatt. Let's just assume like in this analogy that Bray Wyatt was the baby face, not uh, Finn Balor you're debuting this villain or excuse me, you're debuting this new talent. And obviously from right now, how the roster looks, Finn Balor is where you, we get to at the very end, but it's as if, you know, if, if Bray Wyatt was Batman's character, Batman gets out of his castle, shuts the door, turns around (laughs) and there's the Joker. Like he doesn't get to go through the penguin and, you know, uh, all these other different villains. It's just right to the top shelf. That's where it just feels like we're wasting this because, you know, it's been reported that Finn Balor uh, might be taking time off. So let's just assume that Bray Wyatt uh, gets the victory at SummerSlam. Give, a you know, uh, Finn Balor three or four months off. He comes back around Christmas time. Then as the demon gets the victory over Bray Wyatt. Now we just squandered a new character and it's not even WrestleMania. And that's the part that's most disappointing. That's what bothers me about this is if this is just Bray Wyatt with a mask and now we get to see him at home, this is nothing. And it sucks. I don't want to do this. Like there is no purpose to this. And like, I can't, we, we've talked about how we think, you know, McMahon is the problem, but I think it's, we're not attributing it to the right reason here it's that he's so entrenched in so much programming now that he's got a book segment one segment two segment three segment four segment five segment six right and then he's the final Mm -hmm. say so all that amounts to is somebody going we should try this and he goes now we're gonna try this 
as opposed to how that's supposed to work when you're the final say is they bring you what they think is a finished product and you go, you need to fix seven and 14 because they don't make sense. Right? Like there's an overarching eye when you're, you you can't see the forest through the trees. You ever heard that phrase? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that's where we're at mm-hmm. with this. And I think that's how we're getting this character where like Bray brought it to him and he says, I've got this idea, this idea. And he's letting him run with some of it, but he's booking it how he wants and it's just good. Like, I don't think he understands or sees that overarching thing anymore because he just doesn't have the time to do it now. Or, and what could be even more depressing or sad is he just doesn't see Bray Wyatt as the character that we potentially see him as, as a top tier, you know, one or two heels in the entire company. He just sees him as, well, we need to get the demon back on his face paint and who can we run through? Well, we don't want to do Aleister Black yet because he's still a baby face. So mm-hmm. let's just take out Bray Wyatt and put him in a, in a, in a fun mask. That'll be wacky and fun. People will like that. Well, it's the John Moxley, Dean Ambrose thing where John Dean Ambrose thought Dean Ambrose should be the loose cannon, uh, top, you know, walking mm-hmm. the line between Mayface and heel badass. And he thought, no, you're the lunatic friends. You walk Wacky. backwards to the door. Right. We could yeah. have that. We could have where he thinks, oh, this is a tongue in cheek, funny thing that we'll sell some merch for and not a, whoa, this is a bit dark and weird. I kind of am uncomfortable. Or just this. a serious character that we have to take uh, into consideration that mm-hmm. this character can win any match. We know when Bray Wyatt, at least the first version of this <laughs> you know, character, was going to lose every single time. And if we already established that, and again, I think if we're you know already doing fast forward to SummerSlam picks, that you're going to have Finn versus um, Bray. And whatever version of Finn we get, we may have the demon or we may have just regular guy uh, uh, Finn. I think Bray wins that. But then again, he eventually gets conquered by the demon. And my, to my bigger point, you know, that's by Christmas. And we've already squandered potentially a underti- Undertaker type of talent, in my opinion, before WrestleMania has even got here. The Spanish announce table. Uh, we talked about it last week. We were super excited to see this. Um, and we got to see it evolves 10th anniversary show on the WWE network. What are your takeaways of it? Anything major stick out? Uh, how'd you feel about it? Was it everything you expected? Was it everything you didn't expect? Tell me what you got. Overall, I thought it was really well done. I thought one thing that I was afraid of going into it, that they would try to be more than what they are. And they didn't do that. They stayed within their parameters. Now, their lighting was a little bit different because I think that was a call made from WWE. But the feel and presentation was very authentic to what you would typically see at an Evolve show. So I thought that was really done well. I would have structured the card a little bit differently. And I understand, you know, NXT is NXT. But especially with who the challenger was, I thought it was kind of a misstep to have Adam Cole versus Tazawa close the show because, one, that crowd, the Evolve crowd, knows that Tazawa is not going to beat Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. So it was kind of a throwaway, kind of a, not a dud, but there was no build to the next Evolve show. It was just kind of... Hey, and here's the big names, Tazawa and Adam Cole. They used to wrestle here, and here you go. I right. would have had it. 
I would have had the champion versus champion match where Paul Heyman introducing both Austin Theory and J.D. Drake. Have that be your close. I was not a big fan, and this shows you how much of a non-fan I am of this guy. I already forgot the guy's name when the lights went out and the lights came back on. The guy that started the show with uh, Retro AF. Love that guy, by the way. Um, Austin Green, I think his name is. But the the big tall guy that won the first match of the night when yeah, he yeah, choke yeah. slammed Austin Theory. Yes, right, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of him, but I still would have closed with that as my I mean, this is it instead of just Johnny Gargano saying like, hey, so, guys, talk about how great this is. Like, that was a little weird. So I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of that guy. Uh, and forgive I me like for him. blanking on his name. Um, but I definitely see that like, hey, there's a chance you could take this guy and show him a thing or two and make him a way better performer and make him pretty damn usable for his size. Well, and that's what Evolve is for, right? Like Evolve uh, yeah. isn't supposed to be where Adam Cole goes from ROH to Evolve. You know, Adam Cole's supposed to go to the main roster or NXT. So Evolve is supposed to be where that's you know getting groomed for the next step. I just I think I didn't buy into him. I just didn't find him believable. He looked like a uh he looked like a backup singer of a nineties rock band. Right. Yeah, he did look like that. I mean, I really did like that J.D. Drake, um, Austin Theory match. That was real good. There was some heavy hitting yeah. in there. Um, my son watched that. He was impressed with them guys, too. I mean, that, that there's definitely something to those guys, for sure. And, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's talent on that roster. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was it's not something I'm, I'm excited to, like, tune into every week now from seeing it. That's for sure. But it definitely looks like it's a great spot for the purpose that – um, like you said, that at least for the WWE, I don't want to say purpose because it's not their company, but you know what I mean? It's a great relationship. It's a great spot for guys to learn in at that level. So I think it'll be really good. There was some guys, though, that really impressed me. So the new tag champs, uh, Leon Ruff and A.R. Fox, A.R. Fox being his trainer. I like that little group. I like the moves that they did, that they did. I love completely being transparent here. I am a mark for Eddie Kingston. I think Eddie Kingston yes. is the best promo in pro wrestling. He's believable. He scares me a little bit. Even if I were to just beat him, I'm not sure that he wouldn't throw a punch and probably my ass. Everything about him is great. I'm not a huge fan, if I'm being completely transparent, of the unwanted, but I love him. Like He is a person that I will go back to Evolve to see. Uh, so I like that. Um and I also like most of that roster. Like I said, J.D. Drake, Austin Theory leading the charge. Uh, and Eddie Kingston, who keeps showing up and, you know, obviously a huge part of the Evolve uh, roster. Those are those are the key takeaways that I uh, left with going, I can, I can like this promotion and I'll definitely try as much as possible to see what they've got. But what did you think? Eddie Kingston stuck out to me hugely also. But, you know, I got a funny thing that he keeps uh, coming out to me is that, like, he uh, – he feels like he's an actual wrestler of a version of Vince Russo. All right, that's the feel I get. I'm like, that guy looks like Vince Russo. He should be Vince Russo and go get his ass kicked by everybody that hates Vince Russo. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Do you think Eddie Kingston looks like Eddie or looks looks like Vince Russo? He's got that like New Yorker um barely shaved you know what i mean like uh uh, with the same kind of guido look if you will you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and then he's got that raspy voice where i just think yeah like if he did the goatee and just tried to dust himself up a little bit like him uh he could be 
he could be a stand-in as Vince Russo, uh, like the whole well, huckster macho man. Except for he'll man. kick your ass. I mean, yeah, except, yeah, except for, for he'll kick your well, ass. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, this that would be a gimmick. But yeah, uh, he is amazing. Exactly what you said, man. He was ready. For, I was ready to fight for him. I was like, let's go. Let's kick these guys' ass. <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, uh, the tag match is what I left away. Uh, left most impressed by, but I also really like the big fight feel of JD Jake, uh, excuse me, JD Drake and Austin theory. The th- problem I had with that tag team match, it's the same thing as the young bucks. There was too many, like I'm dancing on the ropes while you're just holding my hand. And then I'm going to flip and spin and draw arm drag. And that hurts. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. But I think it was counterbalanced for me. It was counterbalanced by the, I'm just going to punch you in the face by Eddie Kingston and Joey Gacy or Joe yeah. Gacy. That's where, cause when I check out, is when right going back to AW the Bros and Young Bucks together. It's like okay, one of you guys I'm all right with, but if we're all four doing it, like get the hell out of here. Yeah. All right, we'll just end that one here. Well, here I got one more thing that okay, we can yeah, end on right. a better note. Yep. All right. But I think the uh, the huge surprise from Evolve was since it was in the ECW arena, uh, you had. Uh, Paul Heyman making a surprise return to the ECW arena, as we mentioned, uh, introducing both both Austin Theory and uh, J.D. Drake. What did you think of Paul Heyman showing up and cutting a good promo before the match started? I mean, that was good. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I maybe don't know enough of the backstory of his, you know, his involvement in the whole, his whole leading to, I mean, I know you know, how it connected, but I just never was there. So it doesn't have the same emotional tie for me, you know? So I saw mm-hmm. it for what it was. I was like, yeah, that was good. Everybody seemed to like that. Right. But yeah. there just wasn't anything that, you know, it for me, because I just don't know it enough, but yeah, I definitely see how people are, are tied into this program, how it has nostalgia, how it, you know what I mean? How it can be a favorite of somebody's for sure. The Spanish announce table. Here's another thing that I've been uh, railing against lately, and I and I they they keep doing it. It's and they've always done it, but we got New Day versus Elias, Joe and Orton, right? We just cram all these people that aren't tied together in multiple storylines into matches for no real reason, and it's just it doesn't do anything for anything. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's pointless. It's meaningless. In this instance, I think it was so that Randy Orton can pin Kofi because it looks like that'll be the next thing that we do here. And that's fine, whatever. But you could have done it in a different manner. You don't always need a match, too, to end the show. You know, if you wanted Randy Orton to stand over Kofi, Kofi could have been interviewed by a legend, right? You could have done a talk show segment with Christian, you know, the peep show or whatever. And Christian could have just easily said, you know, Kofi, you've uh, successfully defended against Samoa Joe. Uh, what's next for you? And then an RKO out of nowhere. Look, that's what's next. And easily we've talked about how you just got to look at a title or touch a title and you get a title shot. We'll just have Randy Orton, give him an RKO. And there you go. Yeah. I mean, why not? I, Yeah. That would be better than anything. Yeah, I mean, like he could be doing so. Even you could set it up as though it's a big deal and it should close the show, right? It could be Ron Simmons interviewing Kofi, right? The first NWA Black Champion interviewing the first yeah. WWE Black Champion, right? And then Randy Orton comes out of nowhere and 
fuck somebody up, right? Like both just, of them. Because right, he's a legend killer and right? he doesn't like Kofi. Right. And then exactly. you just pseudo talk about how he's a racist. Like right. you make it again about how or, Kofi was never given the yep. chance because he was black. And now we don't want him to have the chance because he's black, you know? Yeah. Or you could have just, it could have been another black guy, right? And who's, uh, uh, who would have been a good, like you send Bobby Lashley out there and he's like, great. I'm tired of you guys being the first. I'm going to be the next. That's perfect. The Spanish announce table. All right, so we hit this a little bit with the SmackDown Live Town Hall. Obviously, a lot of SmackDown topics will, will say that, but Cesaro is taking on Black again because, you know, we don't do rematches, and um, we've got fresh new ideas. Yeah, the, the you know, you kind of put yourself in a corner by having Aleister Black win the first match because then do you do the 50-50 booking, and we hate that. So we don't do the 50-50 booking. So then Aleister Black just wins again. He's better than Cesaro. Okay. We know that now. We can rank and him. There's, and now there's just nothing to go forward, right? Does Aleister Black go back into his room and says, the next person challenge me for a fight, knock on my door? Or what? Like, it just was very anticlimactic with the finish of, we assume, this storyline. Unless Cesaro does some type of weird... Two out of three falls match, or I don't know what they could do, but it just felt like a dud at the end. What, man? Okay, so let's say you're a new wrestling company, right? Because this may be hard for WWE to do, um, being as they're so established. But maybe they could take like a brand and do this. But what if instead, like for certain portions of the year, right? We're going to break it up into four chunks, right? We're going to have four quarters, right? Go figure. And each one's going to end in a large, gigantic, you know, the last month will be kind of the finals. But for like the first three months, we just have these pods, right? And it's kind of World Cup style where everybody's going to wrestle everybody in there, right? And then the the best guys with the best records will move on, right? And then we get like a, you know what I mean? Like a, some kind of Yeah, like the road to Bound of Flo- Yeah, they've yeah. already done that. Road for Bound for Glory. Yeah. Or well, TNA did it, so obviously maybe somebody yeah. could do it better than they did. But Well, you know, you know those mean? ideas are there because the whole TNA roster from that time period works yeah. for WWE now. Jeff right. Jarrett, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. It's fucking TNA. Yeah, again. it is. Uh, maybe that's why it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe that's what maybe we figured out, right? <laughs> Yeah, they weren't number one when they're all together in TNA, and Vince wasn't there. So what? What's the common denominator, Jeff Jarrett? Anyhow, uh, I just think again tournaments. We've talked about this before. Do you did King of the Ring? Yeah, that was the birthplace of Bret Hart to the main event level. Austin three sixteen. Uh, Brock Lesnar as a dominant force. Like you can do yeah. it again, and then that's where an Aleister Black who needs something can mm-hmm. hang his hat on. Well, then it feels a little more real. And it also like, you'll do these tournaments for every schmuck. I don't know on the wrestling industry. How mm-hmm. many tournaments have I seen on the WWE network of people? I didn't know then. And I don't remember now, but you mm-hmm. won't give me tournaments of the people that you like have chasing the 24 seven title around. <laughs> like that doesn't right, make any sense yeah. either. You could it even doesn't. do it on network shows. It doesn't even have to be on raw. Like give me something. <laughs> The Spanish announce table. Okay, the Street Profits are still on Raw. But why? Yeah, what are they doing? Because they almost seem like a backstage reporter, mm-hmm. right? Where they just give you, hey, tonight we're doing this stuff. And it's in a more entertaining uh, fashion than 
backstage reporter just tells you what the matches are. I'm going to call this the Zach Morris gimmick, right? They're kind of like pausing time and giving us the, hey, wait a minute. So this just happened. Now this, right? They're the Segway guys, right? They're mm-hmm. what's a better what's a better reference than in that role in television, right? Where somebody's the almost like the Twilight Zone guy, right? Where the thing would be going on, yeah. and then they would just focus in on him. And he'd be like, "So now, right? Like you just kind of give a recap and then a, a preview, right? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't no. know where this ends, though. Yeah, I don't know where it ends. Oh, I know because- where it is. Oh, I know where it is. Where? I don't know where it should end, but here's where it will end. They will anger somebody backstage, some other tag team, with something they said, and they'll get an evil stare, and they'll get a match in the ring, and then Street Profits are main roster guys, and they'll be the street experience. I sure That's what not. happens. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. I just, you know, hey, just have them. I, I think a cool role, if you're going to continue to do this more entertaining way of telling you what's coming up than just Michael Cole, uh, um, Renee Young, and uh, and what's-his-ass just telling you about the matches, if you're going to continue that, have that be a rotating thing. And again, we talked about the legends instead of using 60 in one spot. Have just a legend backstage and like, woo, I tell you what, you know what I'm excited for? You see that Charlotte Flair, she's going to come out there and she's, you know, and then just like anyone can cut that promo, what they were doing, right? Who do you got in the 10 man? I've got Seth Rollins. Well, I got Big E. You could do that with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, or you could do that with um, uh, the Undisputed Era. Just have yeah. Bobby or, or Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole backstage. It was like, who you got in the Tin Man? Well, you know, I got Baron Corbin. Well, you know, I'm going to take uh, Braun Strowman. And then just that. That would be a more entertaining than what I hope doesn't happen, which I think mm-hmm. 100% will happen, where they bump into the Viking experience. And now we got Street Profits versus Viking experience. Street Profits get a roll up and now they're on the main roster with NXT titles that the tag team division in NXT go like, where did the street profits go? Would love them down here. Be neat. But I guess we just get pillaged like a minor league baseball team. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, if you uh, are a social media, a social justice warrior, uh, like we can be at times, you know, we like to stay wokish uh, and pay attention to the, the things going on. Uh, we often like to to make sure uh, that uh, we don't we both don't like that corporations can seemingly take advantage of their workers at times. And Amazon was big in the news because of their Amazon Prime Day. And um, people said, let's stick it to Amazon Prime, show them that like we, we don't like how they're doing and we won't buy stuff on their Amazon Prime Day. Right. You saw this in the news. Yeah, I did. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Support those workers who mm-hmm. have horrible work conditions. I've got an even better idea. Right. If you want to take money away from Jeff Bezos, did you know? That if you go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click on our Amazon link, if you buy something, he's going to take some of the money he got and give it to us. And then you'll be taking money out of his hands and giving it to the poor people like us, huh? How Robin Hood will you feel if you do that? Yeah, exactly. Support the podcast that supports you. That's what you need to do. Take the money out of the greedy bastard's hands and make them give it to us. That's the right thing to do. So do it. Do the right thing and go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click on the Amazon link and buy a whole bunch of stuff. The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, here's a matchup we've never seen. Dolph is going to take on Miz. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think that's true. Okay. I think it's going to be some promos, maybe some uh, self-realization from Miz. And I think this is a team. 
I think we're going to do a tag team with Dolph Ziggler and Miz. As much as I was saying, like, I wouldn't mind that faction of, of Dolph, Owens, and Zayn. Clearly, we know why that didn't happen, and we'll talk about that more in mm-hmm. another segment. But, um, yeah, maybe we get the uh, Ohio over everything or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> OH. Maybe that's their team. Yeah, they come out, and Dolph yells, OH, and then Miz yells, IO, and then they walk to the ring because they're Ohio. Uh, but I think they're going to be a team. I think next week you're probably going to see Miz confront Ziggler again. And I, what would be cool if if Ziggler said, did I lie in any of those words that I said to you? Like, did I lie in anything that I said? And then Miz just does that. Like, we zoom in on his face and he kind of looks all like mad, but him, but he's confused. Like, right. And then you do in two weeks, Ziggler jumps someone in the ring, Zack Ryder. And then Miz comes out to help Zack Ryder. And then uh, instead of helping Zack Ryder, he joins with Ziggler and kicks Zack Ryder. And then now we have the team. And he's like, you are right. And then, I'm fucking cool. O-H-I-O. Bleh, Cleveland. Smells like piss. I mean, it's going to be better than anything. Although, I, I didn't mind the Dolph thing when he came out against Kofi. Like, I, that's probably some of the best Dolph I've seen in a while. And even when he was doing here with The Miz, just pissed off, but he kind of realizes that it's it's not external forces. It's just that he hasn't been able to fucking put the ball in the end mm-hmm. zone. You know what I mean? And he's slowly coming to that realization. I've liked this Dolph. So, if we also get that with The Miz and we get a team of that, then yeah, why not? Yeah. And heel Miz is better than babyface Miz. Yep. So, let's do that 100%. <laughs> The Spanish announce table. If we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times on this show. The best way to tell a story for a match is to have them stare at each other backstage. And that's what happened with Ali and Nakamura, right? I mean, you can't tell a story better than that. Here's the stupidest thing with the Intercontinental Championship uh, number one contenders. That's not only what Ali did to Nakamura to then establish himself as the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. It's what Nakamura did to Finn Balor for him to receive Mm -hmm. the championship match. If you don't remember, a couple weeks back, Nakamura just did the too sweet thing on the belt and now the wrestling and then Nakamura beats him. So now apparently all you have to do, all these 24-7 jack-offs that are chasing R-Truth and Drake Maverick, all you have to do is just go to whoever has a title on their shoulder Touch and look at it, and now you got a match. Yeah, be the, so dumb. Be the first one to tag them. And apparently, remember, Samoa Joe got a WWE championship match by just choking Kofi. Mm-hmm. So that's all you have to do is just one thing, a very minimal effort, and you've got it. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, your favorite wrestler of all the times. All the times, your favorite, right? Tippy toppest, most favoritest guy ever. Jeff Hardy was arrested uh, Saturday morning in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, you know, so he's been this, struggling with. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, didn't mean yeah. I was going to say, he's been struggling with some things for, you know, numerous years. Uh, I don't exactly understand what drunken public means. I didn't really read the details because when I read the headline, it honestly just made me sad. So I don't really know what drunken public means because I've been drunk in plenty of public places and I never got arrested. So something must have happened. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what you do, because if you cut bait and say you're out of here, then you look horrible and you're not helping out someone who has an illness. But then what are we saying to the other guys when it's like, yeah, yeah. I know last year he got something else because when that Hardy's 24-7 thing came out, something happened the week of the filming uh, or release of that. So, you know, he obviously has had some issues, but 
I think maybe the road and wrestling's to go away. Maybe we transition him to something a little easier to do. Maybe put him in the performance Dude, center. Put him on the WWE network doing all shows about all the other crazy uh, X game style shit he's into. There's a lot of crossover appeal there. If he was I doing agree. Jeff Hardy's dirt bike uh, track of the Derby. week or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, geez, come on. There's plenty of stuff they could do to utilize his talents and his draw and his charisma. Um, yeah, you know, those things are generally. So it was 1130 a.m. Uh, outside of a Hilton Enclave resort. That's a bit of the kicker, right? 11.30 a.m., he's getting arrested on public intoxication impairment. Um, it, the officer did say uh, it was a mis- uh, an ordinance violation and a misdemeanor. So technically, he could face up to 30 days in jail, but he's likely going to pay a small fine, typically. He was arrested for DWI last year following a car accident. Uh, he did have to put, I'm reading this here, some of these details off of eWrestlingNews.com, and I want to point out some bad journalism here. Tom, tell me if you can spot it in the sentence I'm about to read. According to the police report, Hardy was booked at 12.30 p.m. He posted a small $153 bond during the afternoon and was released from custody. Yeah, what? The term small $153 bond is wholly an opinion. Who are you to say what's small? $153 to me is a fucking lot of money. I don't want to pay that to anyone. But you can pay that to us on SpanishNoundTable.net. As much as we love you, eWrestlingNews.com, and we'd love for you to also sponsor us here on SpanishNoundTable.net, we could give you tips on how to tighten up your journalism there. Uh, Yeah, you know, Jeff Hardy, uh, obviously hope for the best. And I think definitely, I mean, look, who knows, right? Hey, there are plenty of times I've been in public drunk at 11 in the morning. Definitely at K-State games. Definitely at Kansas State football games. Absolutely. And I've probably been like doing the Jeff Hardy dance for all I fucking know. That's probably happened. So I'm not going to eat as long. That's the end of a night, right? right, That's the end of the night where you just, you you got your second wind at, you know, 430 in the morning and now you're going from five to 11 and then, oh shit, the cops got me because apparently I can't be doing dancing on top of a table or something, you know, like. Ah, God damn it. Meth. The Spanish announce table. Tom. Tim. Bailey decided to hug it out again because she's got a new friend, Ember Moon, and she's going to give her a title shot because she likes her. And pfft, who cares? I don't care. The Spanish announce table. Drake Maverick was the 24-7 champion until now. But uh, I love the run he had with it. I like that character a lot. I think he's one of the most entertaining people in the business. I think he's great. Uh, I think we should transition him out of wrestler, though. I think he's mm-hmm. done everything he can. Uh, I'm ready for him to go back to AOP. Not to say that I don't want him to be comedy. Like the whole thing with him and his wife, I think is fun. It's cool. But now let's get into digging deeper, maybe. Maybe that's how we get to AOP, right? Is... Uh, he ends up breaking the heart of his wife and then says like, all right, I don't have enough time for these games anymore. It's time to me for me to go back to my roots. And that's when the AOP comes back and then he can be the mouthpiece for those, you know, two behemoths yeah. is he not, and then just takes over the tag team division. Is he not in charge of two five live anymore? Did I miss that? What happened there? He is, but who's watching? I'm not, <laughs> I'm, you know, although I will say this about two Oh five live. Uh-huh. One of my favorite matches of the week, and I would recommend anyone go see it. And I only saw this because of a recommendation on Twitter 
is uh, check out the Gallagher versus Gable match. And you know, you guys know how much I love Gable, but this match is spectacular. It's the main event of the latest episode of 205 Live. Uh, it's about 15, maybe 20 minutes long, I think. It's spectacular. Very, very good. Check that out. Now, with that being said, no one fucking watches 205 Live. So who cares? I'm not even considering he's commissioner or whatever. Who the fuck cares? Um, but I think we say... Truth goes and runs around, you know, still hiding from the EC3s, Mojo Rawleys of the world. And then we dig a little bit deeper into the uh, marriage of Drake Maverick, which will then get some more fun comedy spots, right? He still hasn't had sex, which we keep saying consummated the marriage. Just say fucking sex, for Christ's sake. Jesus, are we afraid of the word sex? You small brain dum-dums. And then... So we go into that, we dig into that, and then that turns into a heel turn on his wife. That's how the wife gets out of the picture, so she's not... A, I don't think she's a wrestler and is going to be keep doing this, so that's how we get her off of TV. And then he comes out, does a promo where he says, like, I'm sorry, someone comes out, like Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins come out, like, we believe you, you know, hey, man, we think you're a good guy. AOP jumps them, he says, fuck off, ha, 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 and now we got a good tag team and we got a great mouthpiece. Yep. I lost my gold wedding ring. I'm not losing these gold titles. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Something like that. That'd be great. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, what uh, kind of crazy weirdness did you get into this week? So as I mentioned uh, in the last episode of Spanish announce table, I talked about going on Friday, which was this past Friday, because, you know, time keeps going, uh, to Arrowhead Stadium, where the Kansas City Chiefs play their football for a charity trivia night. Mm. Got invited by a co-worker. Uh, he knew that, uh, or he knows that I am a aficionado of pop culture and trivia in general. So he asked me to be on the team. I gladly accepted, along with Emily, my better half, as people say. And we uh, competed against, I believe there was 35 other teams. Uh, all teams were teams of eight. And uh, there were six rounds, and we placed eighth. I'll tell you where we screwed up. So, first off, going into this trivia night, I thought it was going to be Chiefs trivia, right? So I'm right. practicing all my... Uh, Lynn Dawson was a Super Bowl MVP. We won at Super Bowl four. Uh, we appeared in the very first Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers. Derek Thomas has the most sacks in one game with seven. You know, yada, 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 all that stuff, right? right. Get there. First question was identify this Chiefs player in the photo. And it was Lynn Dawson during the Super Bowl victory over the Vikings. And I was like, oh, okay, Lynn Dawson. Awesome, right? Then the second question was Master Chief is a part of what video game series? Ooh. And I was like, oh shit, we're not doing fucking football here. We're just going to do like Chiefs, Chief. right? Yeah. And it was, and I knew that was Halo and that was fine. Then the third question was, uh, who's the only president to also serve as chief justice in the Supreme Court? And I knew that was Taft. So I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. So the first round killed it, did fine. Second round was uh more pop culture stuff i messed messed up on one question and i oh, it haunts me and i still don't re remember the answer because i don't actually want to investigate and take the time to know it but in the famous tv show mash what does mash stand for fucking didn't know oh. I couldn't remember 
pissed yeah, me off. Yeah, at one point I knew. I said that. mobile, yeah. active, specialty, hospital. You know, I made something up. But sure. uh, so we're doing good, right? Doing well. Third round was Name That Tune. I kill that because I love Name That Tune. Uh, for time, uh, for passing time as a city worker, what I would do is just put the radio on scan. This was before smartphones. So I just put the radio on scan and just name the songs as fast as possible before it went to the next station. So Name That Tune is something I really love. So did really well on that. Yeah. This is where I sucked. We went 0 for 12 because everyone else didn't know this either. And this was the stupidest, stupidest category ever. It was famous skylines, right? So I was like, okay, like fair enough. Um, but they tried to trick you on every single one. Like they had a space needle in there, right? So you say Seattle. Nope. It's Toronto. Cause they also have a similar space needle, right? right. Remember that from WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or excuse me, the space needle is in the poster for WrestleMania 19. So that's why I thought Seattle, but I was wrong. But then they had other stupid fucking skylines. One of the skylines was Des Moines, Iowa. What? Yeah, fuck off. That's not a famous skyline. So we shit the bed there, and then we placed eighth. But we had a good time. Food was good. They did a live auction. It was for a charity event. Uh, The drinks were good. Uh, uh, Everything was a fun time. So that's what I did Friday. Saturday uh, was a lot of pro wrestling and fights, right? So there there was Evolve. There was uh, AEW. And there was a UFC and the return of this uh, California kid, Uriah Faber, who uh big fan of. And um, you've met him a couple times, haven't hung you? Hung out with yeah, him. Yeah, I was, I was a chauffeur for a weekend. Uh, so yeah, I had to watch him in his return fight. He was victorious in his fastest knockout in his career at the age of 40. Come on. Come on. Uh, and then Sunday, just been reading this book uh, from Chad Dundas called Champion of the World, set in the 1920s about wrestling. Very, very much recommend it. But yeah, that's what I did. What about you? Uh, I actually, we spent a good day uh, down around Tom's uh, neck of the woods there, right? In the Westport Mm -hmm. uh, area. Uh, Did not go see Tom. I want to make that clear, right? I think you probably drove past my house too. I did. Mm Because if you went to Mud Pie, because I saw that you said you went to Mud Pie. Yep. I could probably throw it. No, I can't. It's not. Yeah. I don't have that good of an arm, but I could probably sprint yeah. there and not be out of breath. Actually, we did drive right by there because we were nearby and my wife was like, Tom lives down here, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, is it like drive by? Well, I was like, why? You want to go see Tom? She was like, no, I just want to see the house. And I was like, oh, okay. So we did drive right by it. And I told him, told her how you were getting like a garage and the, uh, mm-hmm. and a driveway put in mm-hmm. and all that jazz. And she was like, oh, neat. All right. And then we were on our way yeah. to, I think it might've been mud pie at that one actually. Or no, it might have been a pie. it might have been an unexpected second trip that I'll, I'll leave out a story. But Tom knows well uh, uh, what the, uh, yep. the story is fun. Um, but yes, oh, we hit. Um, oh gosh, I forget the name of the um, what was it, the Westport Cafe? Is that the full name of that place? Mm-hmm. Right with the yep. with the brunch, the French brunch. Uh, mm-hmm. Really good, very good. Highly recommend that place. Uh, we hit the World Market, and I found some German mustard that I haven't had in years that I loved when I was there. So I took home a couple tubes of that. And by tubes, mm-hmm. I mean they look like metal. Uh, toothpaste tubes, right? Oh yeah, got that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ended up at the at the mud pie. Had some of that. Yeah, I mean we had a good day of it. Um, my wife and I. It was just a nice day. To, you know, her and I, a little date day. As so any special occasion or just like that's what we're doing? It was just hey, we actually have some time to do this. Let's there you do go. It. Right, good for exactly. You. It was fun, and that was good basically the highlight, other than all of the wrestling that we had to catch up on. The Spanish announce table. <laughs> 
I kind of like the Natalia segment. I liked her comeback um, about not being a good lover then, bitch. I was like, all right, good enough. I'm sold. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of when uh, Nikki Bella uh, and Natalia were having a back and forth. And essentially Natty was like, well, you're nothing but a bitch. And yeah, it was true. believable. This was very much like that. And just like the Nikki Bella Natalia storyline, Nikki Bella won. Yeah. Uh, and in this, Becky Lynch is going to win. Becky Lynch the is the, win, the yeah. two storylines for the women, at least for the raw tag or the raw women's championship, it made sense. Natalia had to beat other women to become the number one contender. Cool. Bailey just said, Hey, Ember Moon, we, ta- we teamed up. I, I think yeah. I'd like to wrestle you. Ember Moon, you've wrestled three matches in the last month. You should get a title. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes no sense. But either one or both of these, excuse me, uh, I feel are kind of duds. Yeah. Something needs to happen with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, six months ago, or you know, whatever it was, was the biggest star in pro wrestling, like of all pro wrestling. Cody, uh, you know, anything in AAA, anything in New Japan. She was it. She was the number one thing. And now they've just watered her down and said, hey, say three things and we're going to just gonna keep calling you the man. And yeah. that'll get over. And well, that's where it's like, what are we doing? There isn't anything for her to do. So they've watered down the women's division just in an attempt to make sure they had a large, robust women's division on both sides. There's definitely quality performers, and there's definitely some that are on their way to being even better. Um, mm-hmm. But they've got enough great level talent for a single show to have a really solid full female roster. And they've got two right now. So it's just kind of like, I, I, you know. Nah, but I that's just where need we to get see these Ember Moons, you know. Yeah, I I just need to see that that uh, rebellious asshole, cool chick that we saw from Becky Lynch when she was establishing the man, because that version of Becky Lynch is no longer well, yeah. around. Well, she should get punked out by Natalia. You know what I mean? Like, well, she should... she, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, and she did. But then I, I don't know. There's just. It's just not hitting with me. It's, that's a, it's kind like, of an afterthought. She should be the one punking everybody out. Whoever, like, if they let Natalia just go off script and say that, that was bad. If they scripted it that way, they didn't think about that. Like, she should be the one telling her maybe you're not a – because Natalia should have been like, I'm – you know, like, we wrestle, but I – you know what I mean? Like, I've always loved you. Like, I'm not – I'd rather lo- be a lover than a fighter and she, or something, right? Like, or whatever whatever it was backwards and then have Becky Lynch say that back, right? Like, because she's the one that we're supposed to be like, oh, shit. Right? And maybe they do, right? We still have four weeks of storytelling, so maybe it ends with the go-home show of Becky Lynch calling Natty a bitch. You know, like, ha-ha-ha, I got my bitch on Just, you. We need and to, th- then we go into the match, but it, was not, it wasn't the greatest start. They I'll need to turn that. Natalia loose and turn her into the one who just brutally beats these girls up, right? Like she's going around backstage just, for no reason, right? They're sitting here talking and she just comes through and hockey checks some people into into locker, yeah. just become the bully, right? Yeah, I just think we should just uh, let her go. I mean, there's probably a lot that they should let go, but yeah, I, mean, I mean, I just, I don't know. Well, here, what are your comments on this? So during that match that had Natty and Alexa Bliss and Naomi and Carmella, uh, some uh, booze, mm-hmm. and this is boring chance because I think it was a 25 minute match. Yeah, it was long. Uh, what did you think? And then uh, Alexa Bliss got on there and said, just disrespectful and all this stuff. What did you think about her reaction and the crowd's reaction to the match? It's not disrespectful, it was absolutely boring. 
Yeah. Like, we're not that. I'm so glad you said that. Cause yeah. one thing that is always said to the consumer or to the live mm-hmm. uh, audience is like, your feedback is wanted. And then when we say like, we don't want this anymore. Then you go like, that's disrespectful. It's yeah. like, but we don't want it anymore. Right. Well, but you should, but we don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's like, fuck you. Right. We're telling you what we want. It's not this anymore. That one always bothered me though. though. Like they put their lives out. Like, dude, that, that is warranted. If, if somebody fell and broke their leg and we could all tell it and we were like, boo, you're a pussy. Right. Like, Okay, yeah. Chicago, it's time to say, hey, guys, why were you dicks, right? But, yeah. like, that's not what's happening here. What you guys put out is, again, you put out half of these people had charisma and somebody we want to care about, and the other half you've been trying to force down the throats forever, and they're just not clicking, and you won't let it go uh, yeah. because you're afraid they and may go somewhere else. it was a match that was else. way too long. Yeah, it was Here's- a match that was way too long, and yeah. it was just, it was just vanilla. And when you do... In a three-hour show, if 25 minutes of it is vanilla, you're going to get upset, and it's okay. And if you're the performer, this is what they always tell you about pro wrestling, right? Why you should have always done the uh, the regional circuit is because you can work through that stuff. You just don't get on Twitter and go like, this is mean. Like, fuck well, you. And what's Do really better pissing next me time. off is each week I'm detecting the theme du jour, right? It's whatever they thought was a good idea in the first meeting they had about one of the earlier segments. They'll rerun it two or three times, right? How many times do we have to have a multi-person match to determine the number one contender in the same show? How many times or do we have two to have, out of three falls or two out of three falls or, or whatever it is, right? Like something that week is like, Oh yeah, it's a great idea. And then later they seem to have forgot that they already thought it was a good idea earlier when they <laughs> did it mm-hmm. twice. Like it just doesn't like, yeah. Like that's why this was boring. It's mm-hmm. because we were like, God, there's no story to it guys, which is boring. And when it's just no story to it. Yeah. And even for the flips and shits, people, there was no outstanding move, right? Like, if you're going to do 25 minutes, you might as well have a backflip off the top rope or something. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying that by nature, I'm going to be very clear about this, this is not a sexist statement when I'm saying, I'm not saying women wrestlers do this. I'm saying these women, that a large portion of them that you have on the WWE roster, right? Because... You felt the pressure to do so, right? You felt like we've got to put women out here. You've put out all these women. And what I see these women do is counting their steps, uh, mouthing their lines. Um, mm-hmm. They suck, right? Like they're not good at this. There are plenty others that are good that we're seeing on the other program, but you're afraid to lose these to that other program and poach the other program. Like, what is wrong with you guys? Yeah, I don't I get agree. It. The Spanish announce table. You love the Iconics. You love Paige. Kabuki Warriors? No. What do you got? Nothing. You know, I don't like it at all. I like that the Iconics are on my television because I find them entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's so sad to think about how, even though I'm not a fan of her, but Asuka has went from beating Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble and winning the SmackDown title to now just being another face in a tag team division that's not being cared about. Yeah. Uh, so it's sad in that regard, but I don't get it. I, none of this makes sense. I don't understand why we're doing it. I don't still get why Paige is their manager. I don't mm-hmm. understand the name. Did Paige <sighs> pick it? I don't... Yeah. What? What? 
None of it's none of it's flushed out and uh, explained correctly, except for the iconics are annoying. They're entertaining to me, and they're the champs. That's it. Well, and it's an actual women's tag team. You know what I mean? I think it's one of the reasons they're getting this shot too. Well, I think the Kabuki Warriors would be an actual tag. They look like an actual tag team as far as their moveset. That's what I mean. Wyatt Page there. Well, right. Yeah, but I think that's why they're here getting this shot. You know what I mean? But yeah, why Page is there is odd. But I think the biggest question that's pressing, you know, on everybody's mind is is are the Kabuki Warriors just another team that Britt Baker can't tell apart? <laughs> the Spanish announce table. Tom. Tim. Did you also know that we have our own merchandise for sale. I did know that. Mm-hmm. I actually have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and coming soon, once I get done with all these medical bills, thanks government and healthcare, I'm going to get me a coffee mug. Mm. A Spanish announce table coffee mug. Tom's so broke he can't even drink his coffee, folks. That's why you need to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and look for the link that says merch table up there. It'll take you to our Zazzle page. Zazzle. That's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E but it's just easy to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click the link and then there's all kinds of stuff, man. There's shirts. There's a deck of cards. I think there's a flask, maybe. I, you know, I don't even remember. Coffee mugs, phone covers, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, various designs, any and everything you can think of. We got it. Click the link, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. So do it, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Spanish Announce Merch Table. Check it out. The Spanish Announce Table. So we talked about Liv Morgan, right? She appeared on SmackDown television. Charlotte even made reference to, hey, where have you been? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we got a match between Charlotte and Liv Morgan. Charlotte got the victory. But afterwards, Liv Morgan grabbed the headset off of Corey Graves and said, the next time you see me, and I'm paraphrasing here, the next time you see me, you'll see the real me. What'd you think of that? Um, I really liked the town hall when she was like up in charlotte's like is there anything real about you which i don't know if i want to attribute that to Liv morgan because anybody could have said that um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i I mean yeah what's she gonna come back uh you know without the harley quinn gimmick or what like she's gonna be brunette right yeah she's real that's what she's gonna be she's gonna be a brunette and she's not gonna walk funny and she's going to have a, a scowl. A she's pink gonna tongue. She's going to look mean. She'll have Arr. an actual pink tongue. She's going to have a, I'm, I'm mean. I, I'm not here she, to play games. I'm she, a brunette. Brunettes she, don't play games. She's going to be the brown-haired Dolph Ziggler. Exactly. The Spanish announce table. Okay, so at first I thought maybe this was like the startings of like a really unique storyline of something we haven't done before. But now I realize they're just trying to embarrass Mike Kanellis. Hey, but it's okay. (laughs) I will say this. At least it's different. Well, I'll even say this. Remember that this is all fake. Yeah, We're all working here, right? Uh, So we're not really embarrassing. Uh, One thing I never understood when, like, uh, Triple H had to go through his hog pin matches, right? Like, it was memorable. Don't you want to be memorable? Yeah. So what do you want to do? This will be memorable. Right. Do you just want to lose a match on episode 1046 or whatever? Or do you want to have a stupid storyline that might live in infamy that you can play off of when you get fired on the independence? Well, like, and you'll have a Legends contract something. and you can come back to the Raw reunions then. 
Yeah, right. yeah. Gene Snitsky can always come back and punt a baby. Mm-hmm. That was stupid, but he can always come back and punt a baby. Or right? say it's not my uh, fault. Yeah, or not. Yeah, that's what he would say. He wouldn't punt a baby. They don't do that anymore. Right. But yeah, he would say it's not my fault. So I think this is the coolest thing in the world for Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis because before this, Maria was known as an idiot backstage yep. reporter, and well, that was and they it. weren't around. So yeah. And so now they're around. Now they're making a segment that you remember. It might not be great, but it's something. So we'll see where it goes. It's probably going to suck, but at least they're doing something. The Spanish announce table. Here's another one that has got nothing to it. Andrade Apollo Cruz. I, I have zero things to say about it unless you have anything else to say no. about it. I'll end it right no. damn now. No, let's not talk about it. The Spanish announce table. We're getting a little bit of a Cedric Alexander highlight um, each week now, I guess. Um, which, hey, why not? I mean, who else? Uh, everybody, you get a turn. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know about it, but I, I like that Drew McIntyre maybe gets some a uh, thing without some people hanging around him. You know, it's been a while since he's had something where there hadn't been somebody in tow for no apparent reason. Can I be completely honest with you here, as I like to be most times, but I'm going to really lay it out for you here. I don't think Drew McIntyre has what everyone think he thinks he has. I think he's all sizzle, no steak. Mm. And Cedric Alexander is, uh, you know, Enzo for me ruined Cedric Alexander. When he said it's the man that charisma forgot, it, that just sticks with me. And he's done nothing outside of his matches to change my mind. So for this dude, I really just go, Hey, it'll be a serviceable match that I won't want to turn the channel, but I really don't care where either guy goes. Like, and I, I don't mean to be like, entertain me. I, I demand this high standard, but Drew McIntyre is always going to be the guy that loses to Roman Reigns. Yep. And Cedric Alexander is always going to be the guy that does a flip that hopefully goes viral. And as as long as they're doing those two roles, I don't care that they're paired up together. It's just going to be the same thing. Who cares? Yeah, I'm trying to think of who I could liken to Drew McIntyre to in, in how you just kind of explained it, where like he doesn't necessarily have everything that everybody's wanting him to have here. Um, I think he's got all the tools but the charisma. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to try and kind of attribute that to like, I, it's the same feel I got from the guy who played Damian Sandow when he left uh, WWE, mm-hmm. right? It's that same kind mm-hmm. of feel where, I, where you're, where you're like, man, you really should be it, but just there's, you're, you're not. not for something. Yeah, yeah. You're just not. Yeah. And with Drew McIntyre, I think my biggest uh, criticism is that he does everything that WWE wants him to do, and he does it well. I just don't want what WWE is telling him to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I don't. I, I think he's doing a very good job mm-hmm. at his role. I don't care about that role, right? I don't care about the mid-level uh, villain that always loses to the top babyface, right? He Drew McIntyre. I guarantee you, at the Christmas show or at the Thanksgiving show or any holiday show where they just need content, he's going to be in the main event and take the finisher of Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, whoever that baby fit, Ricochet. He's going to take that finisher from all of those guys. 
and that's just painted him into well, a corner. So he'll it's be like, the who cares? He'll be the third. No, he'll be like the fourth or fifth wrestler in the crowd at Saturday Night Live when they have wrestlers on Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. the guy behind the band guy, right? In the crowd yeah, when they're all like waving at everybody. Anything. Right. When, when meanwhile, Seth maybe, Rollins is front because he had four segments on the show, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. maybe hopefully, you know, this is a feud that changes my mind, right? Maybe Drew McIntyre just absolutely obliterates uh, Cedric Alexander he after should. this loss that he had. And now I go like, oh shit, could he take out Braun Strowman? Right. Yeah. But Everything that they've done with him since he's made his main main roster debut has just been mid-level villain that top baby faces get an easy victory over. Woo! The Spanish announce table. And that's all we've got for episode 269 of the Spanish announce table. Make sure you tune in next week for episode 270 and check out the website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Click the affiliate links, click the merch link, buy some stuff, help us out, give us some donations on PayPal, whatever you can do to help us keep this show running free for you. Thanks again. The Spanish announce table.